Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is the 12th of August, 2022, and we are here today to give you a preview of the Nationals weekend series with the San Diego Padres and also an article from Chelsea James over at the Washington Post discussing the Nationals' potential buyers and the impact it's had on recent decisions and what it could do for future decisions with the club. All that's coming up on today's show. Once again, hello everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast, brought to you today by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. I am celebrating my grandparents' 60th wedding anniversary right now in the mountains in Asheville, North Carolina, beautiful place, but the Wi-Fi not great, so we're just going to go with the audio version posted as a video on YouTube, but a whole lot to get to. On today's show, make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And a big series this weekend with the Padres coming back to D.C. Juan Soto set to return, you know, just weeks after. uh, I mean, a little bit over a week after the trade was made to send him to San Diego. So obviously big storylines there. But I want to start today with an article from Chelsea Janes. This morning comes out. At the Washington Post, at least five potential buyers have toured the Nats. Bids expected in weeks. And so uh, the term toured, by the way, it makes it sound like, you know, they're going to, going to school, uh, checking out school. In some ways it is, uh, you know, kind of in that way. But I think tour also, in a physical sense, very much a financial sense as well, right? You get a look at the books. You make sure everything's above ground. You, you check the areas Uh, of, you know, of growth, just to make sure everything's above board and also helps you kind of identify areas that maybe you think you can make the team better. I I don't pretend to be uh, a business expert, but I I expect that, you know, when somebody is looking to buy an asset such as a professional sports team, you want to check out all of the areas of the team before you purchase areas you might want to, I mean, there's so many areas in a professional sports team, right? Things you want to, you know, vending, uh, hospitality, suites, seating, tickets, uh, then, you know, they go to, then it goes the on-field product, management, front office for both, you know, things that involve baseball and non-baseball. All of that stuff really does matter. And that's why, you know, you're hearing the word tour. And that's kind of what a tour means. So at least five parties, including mortgage mogul Stanley Middle, uh, Middleman and South Korean billionaire Michael B. Kim, have looked the, uh, through the Nationals financial reports and met with team personnel and the Lerner family uh, will we'll seek initial bids before the end of the regular season for potential sale of the team. This according to multiple people familiar with the situation. The Nationals' recent trade of star outfielder Juan Soto to the San Diego Padres was an unusual complexity, but the team's sale process process excuse me, uh, did not directly dictate the decision, those people said. Three people with direct knowledge of the Soto deliberation said the learners did not seek input about Soto from any of the potential bidders. All spoke on the condition of anonymity to speak candidly about the ongoing process. Um, the, you know, the reporting here is solid. I'm not, I'm not going to discredit anything Chelsea saying. I'm not going to call. You know, I, I think everything that she's getting here is, is totally reasonable. Um, I, I guess, you know, I don't know if I have a hard time believing this, but... This had to have been brought up at some point, right? I mean, nobody, you know, you're not going through these meetings talking to potential buyers for the team if there's no Juan Soto conversation at all. Not, not you know, 
it's just tough to parse with that, right? I, I, I don't know. I just have a really tough time believing that that would be totally left out of it. Now, you know, um, is it going to impact these people's interest? We'll see. I mean, we, we will see. But I think also, too, some of them maybe were able to see the situation for what it was and understanding Scott Boris to kind of get that explanation about who he is and what he likes to do with his clients and kind of make them say, oh, okay, this does make sense. So the reporting is uh, from the Washington Post that in Chelsea James, who obviously we trust very much, that um, that did not dictate the sale process. I'm curious if factors into price. We will see uh, moving forward here. Allen & Co., the firm hired by the learners to handle the sale, declined to comment for the story. But two people with direct knowledge of the situation said the firm's only advice was simple. Do what you would do if you were going to continue owning the team and make the best decision for the health of the franchise moving forward. Now, this is interesting, right? Because I think there are a lot of people out there who are split on whether or not trading a guy like Juan Soto is what's best for the organization. You could say from a on-field perspective, I actually think they made the right move. And, and, and this part is very much disputed, right? Uh, we had our good friend, Matt Wyrick. He didn't come on this week because he's uh, on vacation. I hope he's enjoying that. But the last time we talked, Matt said, point blank, I'm not a fan of giving players like Juan Soto away. And Matt's objective, but, you know, he's got a little pro Nats in him, right? He's a Nats fan, a journalist now. But I think for me, and I've told you all, somebody who's not, like, directly a Nationals fan, obviously want to see the team do well, care about the team, because cover it all the time. Um, you know, for me, I'm a bit more split on this. Guys like, people like Matt, and also a lot of you fans out there, think getting rid of a Juan Soto-type player who's a transcendent talent, one of the best players in the game at this age, who's going to continue to be one of the best hitters in all of baseball, is not a good move because you can build around a player like that very easily. I, I agree. I've made that argument many times on that on that front. I mean, it, we saw what happened when they just brought in Trey and Schwarber, right? We saw what happened when you put guys like, you know, Rendon and Eaton and Zimmerman and Trey around him. I mean, he's just the focal point. He is a centerpiece. You know, put Josh Bell with him as well. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can build a really strong lineup uh, with a guy like that. On the other hand, when we mentioned this a lot too, and I've kind of, my, my opinions evolved on this. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not somebody who's been hard and fast the one side of things. I think it's just been such a roller coaster that, you know, kind of the winds do change. I think it's important to kind of note how they change. But you look at the Nationals team and how bad they are. They need so much other help in so many areas, and you think about all the players they got, you get a Mackenzie Gore, you get a C.J. Abrams, you get a James Wood, you get a, a Robert Hassel III, you get a, a, a Yarlin Susana, right? Think about all the positions I just mentioned. Left-handed pitcher, a bunch of left-handed bats, but shortstop, outfielder, first baseman, right-handed pitcher, and also from the first baseman, and they're currently up in the league, and we'll see what they do with Luke Voigt, right? So, they addressed so many different needs with that one trade. Value is one question. Do they get enough value? You, know, you can debate that, but they got a pretty decent haul for Juan Soto. Let's be honest about it. And the early returns have been positive watching those guys in some of the lower leagues, right? It's been fun to watch, see those highlights. It's encouraging. James Wood, extra base hits all over the place. C.J. Abrams, multi-hit games, right? And he's in Rochester, so... There's a chance that we see Abrams here not before too long. September's just around the corner. And you think that maybe September call-ups uh, are going to include C.J. Abrams. I believe they do. Hopefully Cade Cavalli as well. We will see. Right? But 
uh, there is the argument that way. So there, there are two arguments there. But I, I do think the in terms of the team itself, this move gives them a better chance to be competitive, not faster, but be more competitive in a general sense later on, right? It, it, if they wanted to be competitive faster, there's an avenue to that. But it includes free agent signings, pushing them way into the luxury tax uh, because they don't have the resources right now to, you know, in, in their farm system to call guys up and also to make some trades to get guys in the offseason. They just don't have that to build around Juan Soto. So I think, actually, I think building around him, while it's easier than building around most guys, it's a bit more difficult because of how hamstring the, ca- the caps. The Nats are with um, with Corbin, with Strasburg, obviously a Juan Soto contract. You know, those, you, could, you could time those things up so they don't come up at the same time. But still, and there's no guarantee you keep Soto if he goes to free agency. So I think on the team side, the player side, they actually did what was best. I'm not, I'm not 100% sold in the business side because you're going to take a short-term... I mean, obviously, they still make money anyway because of the, the, the TV deals. Um, but, like, the jerseys on backs and butts and seats thing I always talk about, right, when you're paying for a guy like a Trout, a Harper, a Otani, uh, a Soto, you're not just paying for a guy that is going to produce on the field. You're paying for a guy that puts butts in seats and puts jerseys on, on backs um, you still see a ton of 34 Bryce Harper jerseys at Nats games. You'll continue to see a bunch of Juan Soto jerseys at, at Nats games. And so that part of it, I, I think it's, um, I think the best argument for the business side of things is that, hey, long-term, the product will be better. Uh, you hope that the winning team part of it brings along the business side of it. It's tough to argue that losing an asset like Juan Soto is just immediately better for business, right? So I think it's funny, and and this all goes to the point I was just mentioning, folks, that Allen & Co., that firm, what they said was, look, you know, and and this is a reporting Chelsea Janes, do what you would do if you were to continue owning the team, make the best decision for the health of the franchise moving forward. Um, I think it's hard to make a move like that without thinking about who's buying the team next, but still, it's funny how there are arguments on both sides for whether this was the right move and whether you would do this if you continued to own the team. I think it's very interesting. I think that there is a lot of credence, the idea that it does wipe the slate clean. Uh, a listener had said that a while ago, but also a lot of credence, the idea that, hey, Juan Soto is a valuable asset and the next ownership group could make the decision. But the learners, when kind of faced with the idea, okay, do what's best for the team if you were still to own the team, well, selling high on Soto makes sense. So there are so many different avenues and ways to look at this um, that I think are, are very, very interesting when it comes down to it. Also, she says, anyone who purchases the Nationals will be inheriting approximately $500 million in debt, including $200 million owed to Scherzer and Strasburg and a long-term deal for, so, uh, or excuse me, anyone who purchased the Nats will be inheriting uh, $500 million in debt including the money owed to Scherzer and Strasburg, and a long-term deal for Soto's, uh, for Juan Soto would have meant committing another $500 million more, right? So, you know, those are, I mean, the Scherzer deal, they're still paying off Max Scherzer. Um, these, are, these are costs that you were going to be inheriting, right? Considering the teams, uh, the, that the teams seems likely to sell for less than $2.4 billion, that's what Steve Cohen paid for the Mets, that's a daunting amount of inherited expenses. So that's got to be part of it too, right? You, 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 when you're buying this team, you're taking on those deferred payments. You're taking on the payment, a you know, deferred payment to Scherzer. You're taking on the payment 
that you're making to Steven Strasburg. That's a guy that, I mean, at this point in time, is not even playing for you. And so you have to factor that into this as well. So, you know, I think the Nationals kind of in a way almost not forced to make that call. But, I mean, I think everything that they, are, they were dealing with there made them trend towards the decision of trading Juan Soto. So that there is that, uh, uh, you know, in there as well. Something that was also mentioned in, in this article was, you know, Mike Rizzo um, and talking about there being, there being no edict to trade Juan Soto. I thought that was interesting as well. But the big news that we're going to get out of this is that there are buyers who are interested. Um, and now we know there's about five of them. We're going to see bids start coming in here pretty soon. But I thought the conversation around how the learners approach the Juan Soto situation, the Juan Soto future contract, all of those things, I thought that was a pretty interesting way to kind of approach the Washington Nationals, thinking about them here as we move forward and a potential buyer comes up uh, and what their future will look like. All right, let's talk about a word from our sponsors, and then we'll hit on the series as Juan Soto returns to D.C. this weekend, as does Josh Bell. I want to short him out of this. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends from the Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Do you know that the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets rich in unhealthy processed foods and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers, but now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like turmeric, beet, artichoke extract, and more. Best of all, Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. You guys can also get a free bottle of Curb Fit when you guys order today. Go to getliverhelp.com MLB. That's getliverhelp.com MLB. Once again, getliverhelp.com MLB today. All right, let's look at the Nationals' upcoming series with the San Diego Padres. But first, as we always do, we take a look at where the Nationals are currently in the standings. Not good, as all of you know. The Nats are 37 and 76. They are 36 and a half games back, 17 and 40 at home. Uh, 36 and a half back in first place. Uh, 17 and 40 at home, 20 and 36 on the road. Their minus 200 run differential is the worst in all of baseball. They have lost one. It's a current streak, and they're two and eight in their last 10 games. Big time yikes for the Nationals. They face the San Diego Padres, who are 63 and 51. They're 16 games back in the division. They are 33 and 24 at home, 30 and 27 on the road. They have a plus 40 run differential, which when you look across the NL, that's the you know second best in the division. Uh, it's one better than the Brewers. Not I mean, right now their run differential is let's see, one, two, three, four, five. They have the sixth best sixth best run differential in the National League right now. Excuse me. They've won two. They're five and five. In their last 10. And really, you look at this wild card race right now, they're holding on to that last wild card spot, but by only by one game, though. Um, and that's the one important thing to look at here is that their wild card chances. Obviously, they have a spot, but they have to get going. And I think that's one thing I want to focus on here 
Because the Nationals, obviously, as we get to this back part of this, the, the season, not in contention. But let's look at where the teams that they, you know, that are uh, in contention. And when they play the Nationals, what they're kind of playing for. And the Nationals, you know, I mean, the best thing you can do at this point is play some spoiler. And I think the Nationals would love to play some spoiler to a team like the Padres, obviously, if they trade Juan Soto and take all their players. Playing spoiler would be pretty fun, I think, for Nationals and the Nationals and their fans. But let us now take a look at the series as it's constituted this weekend. Three games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 7.05, 7.05, 12.05. The Nationals are getting the, I mean, this is the streaming treatment that we've talked about, right? Uh, two of the three Nationals games this weekend are on platforms that are not, you know, MLB carried. So uh, what I mean by that is this. Uh, it's not going to be local market, so one, one Masson game, right? Uh, Apple TV Plus and Peacock. And, and we've mentioned before in this show how expensive it is to become a Washington or a, a fan of any team, especially if you're an out-of-market uh, consumer. You're probably paying for MLB TV, so you have to do that to watch that one game, the middle game. And then you have to pay for Apple TV Plus, and you have to pay for Peacock. Now, if you're an Xfinity customer, you're going to get Apple TV Plus, in, or excuse me, Peacock included. But still, there are people who are not. So, I mean, you know, you're showing out. If, if you're, I mean, if you're a fan of the single game or you do the single team package, whatever it is for MLB.tv, you're out of market. This costs you a pretty penny to watch the Nats, and especially if you're a Padres fan too. Same thing for you. So, I think that's something we have to mention. Your pitching matchups this weekend. It's going to be Mike Clevenger going up against Corey Abbott, and Corey Abbott so far. Mixed returns for a guy, once again, 26 years old, but has gotten the call-up to the big leagues in kind of some trying circumstances uh, this year. Two starts so far. The first one was five scoreless. The next one, not so good. Seven hits, seven runs, four homers, five walks, and only two Ks in a 13-1 loss against the Phillies. So we'll see what he can do against a Padres lineup that's been generally cool lately. He'll go up against Mike Clevenger. Clevenger's had a really nice... Uh, season so far, 3.60 ERA. Although we'll say the last month around 4.07 wasn't excellent, um, but you know, and the last start for him wasn't great either. But he put together a really nice three-start stretch where he pitched uh, 20 innings and gave up three earn, four earned runs in those combined innings, but got tagged for five earned runs in their 8-3 loss against the Dodgers. So Mike Clevenger looking to get back on track in this one. Second game of the series is going to be Yu Darvish against Anibal Sanchez. And Yu Darvish this year, really strong season for him. 10-5 with a 3.28 ERA, 132 Ks on the year, and just a one whip, which is ninth best in the league. And the last uh, you know month or so for him, had a really strong June, or excuse me, last few months, had a really strong June, a really good July, and then August, you know, it's been... A little bit of a mixed bag, but he's still off to a good start. 3.75 ERA in 12 innings so far. This has been a really strong season for Darvish, who is at 35 years old and kind of coming to the end here. It'd be great. I mean, this is crazy to think. I remember when you Darvish came into the league. It's a guy who's been in the league now for 10 seasons. Was uh, 12 to 17 was when he was with the uh, the Rangers and got traded in the end of 17 to the Dodgers. 18, 19, and 20 with the Cubs. And then in 21, 22 here, with the Padres, career 3-5-4 ERA, so really strong uh, career you Darvish said. It's, it's crazy to think how long that he has been around. All right, that gets us to Anibal Sanchez. I had some harsh words for Anibal the other day. 
I stand by everything I said. Like, I, I mean, with the way the Nationals pitching has been this year and how injured everybody has been, Joe Ross, uh, Steven Strasburg, then Jackson Tetrio, and uh, then you end up getting an injury to Evan Lee as well. Like, I get it. They're going to have to end up turning to a guy like this anyway. But seriously, folks, Anibal Sanchez has been poor, so it'll be tough to watch. Uh, Blake Snell is going to be going up against Paulo Espino on the 12.05 game on Sunday. Snell, folks, uh, you know, up and down a year, 3.96 ERA for him on the season. Our guy Paulo Espino coming off a really strong start against the Cubs. Should be noted, the Nationals here are going to skip Patrick Corbin's next start. This is something that they don't want to do, obviously. They just have to do. They absolutely have to skip this start just to give him some more time to work in the bullpen to recover because, boy, does he need it. All right, one more word from our sponsors, and we'll get out of here. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Nile and BlueNile.com today. Blue Nile is currently having their anniversary sale. You guys should go check that out today. Make your moment sparkle with quality rings, jewelry, whatever you want from Blue Nile and BlueNile.com. They have a special now on wedding ring or engagement setups that you guys can get in on. Um, they've got that. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry, 25% on those engagement ring setups. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and it arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. Once again, that is BlueNile.com. Today's show also is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. When you guys go to BetOnline, you'll find odds for everything. F1, you'll find odds for NASCAR, you'll find odds for baseball, NFL futures, NFL preseason, NBA futures, NHL futures, eSports, combat sports, golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering and information from live in-game betting scores podcast. They have got you covered. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, make sure you guys find us on YouTube. You guys can find the show wherever podcasts are found as well. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. And you all can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.